Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. Registration is now open for 2022 camps. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast, the podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky. Welcome to yet another edition of the New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Ludicky, and I am so happy to be joined today in studio with Dennis Franzak who's the president and managing partner of Boston Hockey Academy and Boston Imperials. Uh, Dennis, this is a great opportunity to have you. We're so glad that you could join us. Uh, welcome. Kirk, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you today and uh, kind of dispel some of the things that are going on in, in the hockey industry today. Yeah, and I think that's what we'll do. We'll have a free-flowing conversation about what Boston Hockey Academy and the Imperials offers. We'll talk about you know kind of landscape of, of hockey in New England and how options and opportunities changed. You know, with there's no one path to doing this, and so knowledge is power, and the more people can uh, can see and, and, and hear about and make informed decisions the better off they're going to be. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. And and yes, we'll talk about the Boston Hockey Academy and the Boston Imperials, but I hope parents and players come away with some really helpful information that's going to guide them in their journey to wherever they want to go. So on that note, it's uh we're, you know, we're in February and uh the 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 full season schedule is still in full swing, but uh, what else is going on at Boston Hockey Academy and, and, and certainly the preparations and for the, the following season for the split season team in terms of the, the Boston Imperials are starting to pick up. So what are you guys, uh, what are you guys up to at, uh, at BHA these days? Yeah, well, right now with BHA, we've got about three weeks left in the season and we're really focused on finishing the season very strong. We've already started having conversations with many of our players about next season, who's returning, who wants to return, um, and starting to get a handle on already the recruiting class. We get probably about 100 inquiries a week. We've been getting those since about Christmas time. So we're already starting to put together uh, our classes for next year. Our staff is locked in. Um, And then also we're looking forward for the boys to kind of start their spring sports. So they're going to play lacrosse and baseball and really get involved with the Matinon community. Now that is a key nugget that I wasn't expecting. So I, you know, the, as we do in a podcast, we might have some some prepared discussion topics. We're going to veer off a little bit. You know, we've I've had multiple guests on that involved in hockey, and they talk about the importance of being multi sport athletes because really the, the the key to success for for players to play at the higher higher levels of the sport is they have to be good athletes first. And so there's there's a genuine you know 
the old days of, of developing hockey players was just different. We didn't have Aishi around. We didn't have access to the skills coaches and skating coaches that we do now. And so players were forced to play other sports. That was just the way it was. But now you have the specialization. So ju- just curious into you know, bringing up the, the, the point about them playing their spring sports, how important that is to the development model within your program and developing your athletes. Yes. Well, Gert, one of the things that's really important to us is that we, whether it's on the BHA side or the Imperial side, is that we have well-rounded kids. I always tell families and players that – no matter what you do in a career, um, all roads end at the beer league. I was telling that to Bob Sweeney last week at a Bruins game. Bob played a lot of games in the NHL, um, and he's still playing in a league. You know, and one of the things that is that he and I talked about is how important it is that players, no matter what level they end up, can do other things that they can be contributing members of society. And I think that's one area where we differ from pretty much all the other programs and one is one of the reasons why i founded the imperials and bha is we wanted to create well-rounded individuals who were very good hockey players but that when their career is done we gave them some skills and some some uh resources to be successful off the ice that's uh, it's so important and, and I, I will tell you that that my background in junior hockey we had the same the same philosophy we didn't want to graduate good players we wanted to also graduate good men you know send send players and and guys with the life skills to be successful you know at, at d1 most of them were going on to d1 and some were in pro we had a couple of our players were on the olympic team and that was a source of pride it's unfortunate that that the u.s olympic team was not able to advance yeah. but it's it's hockey i was telling i was saying earlier today that i thought the team played pretty well and and they could should have won that game could have won that game it's just hockey sometimes it was. I mean, if you watch that game last night, we had a lot of opportunities. We couldn't score, and it ends up, you know, in overtime we had some some strong opportunities, but credit Slovakia, they held in there, and at the end they won in a shootout. And at the end of the day, you just got to stand and, and tap your stick and congratulate them on moving on. And the other part that is intangible that I think the players will take away is that they had a great experience, and they'll come back to their teams with an enriched experience that in the end will make them better human beings. Right. They'll be better for it, both as players and as, as individuals. Absolutely. And I think that's an important lesson that, that is parents try to guide their child. And I had a child, and I went through this process. Um, that was the biggest lesson I learned, is trying to take moments to enjoy the time that you have with your child while they're playing hockey because it goes fast. And now my son is a second-year business major at umass lowell he's not playing um but looking back i enjoyed every shift that he had in high school and even though he was a third or fourth line guy it was one of those where i just took the time to step back and i wasn't worried about shifts and you know power plays and if he's on this line or that i just enjoyed being in the rink and watching him play because i knew it was going to be over and that is one of the reasons we created this program is we want to help parents enjoy the journey with their child because it's going to end faster than they think. Um, no question. So let's go back to let's let's go back and, and talk a little bit about you know so so the Boston Hockey Academy you're you're in, in Madden right and that that was we're talking about a storied Massachusetts high school program 
uh, I mean, whether you're talking Sean McEachern or Steve Leach or some of these other famous names that went on to play at the highest levels and came out of that came out of that school, uh, Jerry Keefe, Northeast, yep. Northeastern, right? And so, uh, talk to us about the landscape in New England. Maybe what prompted that opportunity for for this evolution of of your uh, of your academy and your split season team to partner with that school and and create these opportunities for the kids to to be a part of this is a really interesting story and it really started in um back in late 2018 2019 and my son was starting to age out he had a couple years left and we we had gone through this entire process of trying to navigate youth hockey and under, trying to understand what in the heck was going on with the leagues and teams. And this league is great. This league is terrible. That club is terrible. You know, I really didn't like often how people talked about other programs or, or, or even just other leagues or whatever. I just felt it was really negative. And I wanted to create a program with the Imperials that tried to get rid of the negativity and tried to be Switzerland and get along with everybody um, and also invite families in to have conversations to say, we will give you a great playing experience, and some teams will be better than, than others, but what you will come away is you will be armed with enough information so your high school child will be able to go to his high school team, do the best he can to try to make it, and you can enjoy watching him play, whether it's at varsity, JV, or whatever. So the Imperials were first, right? But then, so me being a businessman, um, I own a company called Fuse Ideas, which is one of the largest independent ad agencies in New England. I've always been somebody that likes to build businesses. And my kids went to Arlington Catholic, and we had a lot of friends that went to Matinon. And I started to, to know at Matinon that they were heavily enrolled girls, two to one. So they were double enrollment in girls. And we had heard some things and some rumblings that they were really, you know, falling on somewhat of hard times. And I said, you know what, I think I can help save this school. So I talked to my partner, um, one of my partners, Scotty Fitzgerald, who, you know, they are, you know, royalty Fitzy. in New England hockey, Fitzy. <laughs> you know, he knows everybody. He says, well, if we're going to do this, we got to get a guy that knows how to do it. He goes, the guy I would call is the guy that worked for Richard Gallant at the Islanders and built the Islanders from 10 teams to 70. Call Nate Bostic. So we called Nate. Nate had been doing the Islanders for 10 years, you know, and it was a grind. And he said, you know, I, I believe in this. I believed in the mission of, I, I have always believed in education and Catholic education, and I saw an opportunity to try to save a school and then tie hockey to it. So um, the advertising story comes in because I'm friends with a gentleman by the name of Jack Connors. If anybody knows Jack Connors, he founded Hill Holiday. Um, he is probably the largest philanthropist in the city. He's a BC guy. I was a BC guy. So I called Jack and kind of started to lay the, the groundwork here of this is kind of what I'm looking to do. And I know that I'm going to need help with the diocese, the Archdiocese of Boston to make this happen. So Jack started to kind of make some calls for me. And then I literally just set up a meeting with Matnon to the headmaster. And Fitzy and Nate and I walked in there and said, we will deliver you, you know, 70 kids to start and, you know, 90 by year three um, when we add a, se a second team, and we will deliver students for you. 
and we would really like to make this a long-term partnership. Matnon had a history, and they had a, a very progressive headmaster there by the name of Tim Welsh, and he welcomed us in and really accelerated um, us getting through the board of trustees and everything. And then on the same time, I was working with Jack to try to get clearance with the Archdiocese of Boston because ultimately they had to approve it, and we were able to do that. And this came on the heels where Pope John had closed, where I originally tried to do it, uh, and also St. Peter Marion closed. So there were some things going on where this came at a time, and I don't think the Archdiocese wanted to have another school in distress. So in, in a pandemic in January 2020, Nate and I set about putting the academy together and by fall we had three teams um and the following year we were able to do the u14s so in 2021 we had the u14s and now we're getting ready to go into our third year and in 2023 we'll put a girls team on the ice so we take a lot of pride because i have helped save that school the other thing that was stressful during all this is we had originally thought we were going to bill it to kids and then the pandemic happened. And immediately I'm like, oh, my gosh, we have a housing problem. So this is now April and May. So being the entrepreneur that I am, I said, what can I do? So I found out that right down the road, one minute from my house at St. Joseph's Parish, there was a convent. And there were two nuns still living in it. And they were starting to get ready to go over to um, another retiree uh, convent, so it was going to become a vacant building. So I worked my connections with St. Joe's, s- said we will come in here, we will rehab this building, and we will turn it into a residence hall. And then we had to work with the city of Medford to get all the permits. Then I had to work with the Archdiocese of Boston on the real estate side, knowing that in three months we were going to have you know 70 kids walk through the door um, it was a very stressful summer in 2020, but we pulled it off. And I had a parent tell me um, that I have been the fastest person they've ever known that's been able to clear the bureaucracy of the Archdiocese of Boston. So I guess I'll have to give myself some credit for that. But the whole team rallied, uh, and thank thank you to the city of Medford and uh, St. Joe's Parish and the Archdiocese that we were able to give a place for these kids to, to have a place to live and 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 have a real experience, you know, and not like junior hockey, because I don't think billeting for an academy is the way to go. Wow. Uh, a tremendous amount to unpack. But the first <laughs> thing I want to jump on, no, number one, is that that is very impressive. And, and, and having been, you know, having retired military, I know all about bureaucracy. And, you know, you, there, there's two ways you can go. You can just accept that it's, that it, it's there and fold and work on the bureaucratic timeline and be at the mercy of whoever you're dealing with, or you can do what you did. And uh, that's impressive. I came from the military too. I spent seven years and I think that was one of the reasons why I ended up the way I was. Like I just, bureaucracy, like it exhausts me and I want to be somebody that knows, is known as getting things done. And we've put a tremendous amount of money into the, into St. Joe's and into the community of Medford and Matnon and Somerville Rink where we play. Um, and I believe that that's part of the partnership. We have to give back, and we have to do our part to to make it all work. Right. Now, you talked about women's, um, uh, you know, the uh, girls' team, uh, and that, you know, girls' hockey, women's hockey, big, huge, explosive growth. And, and uh, so 
what uh, what age level, what division are you, are you looking at for your first uh, BHA team in, on the girls' side? Well, Matnon is very uh, keen on this. So we will start with probably a U18 team and then a U16 team, and then we'll do a U14 team eventually. And, you know, that will that will take time. We'll, we are going to go out and we're, we're posting. We're going to be looking for a women's director with major credentials, and we're going to follow the same model we did with the Academy and the Imperials. Like, we didn't talk too much about the Imperials, but we started out as a Tier 2 split-season program with five teams. Now we have 14 teams uh, at both the Tier 1 and Tier 2 level, including two girls' teams. Um, And the reason we were able to accelerate that is, once again, um, Fitzy, Mr. Connection, said, let's hire Frank Golden, who is one of the lead scouts for the Penguins. And and Frank was looking for an opportunity after working for the Monarchs. And we brought him in as our Tier 2 GM. And he really built a very competitive Tier 1 offering for us. And now Frank has moved on because his son has aged out. And we just hired Sean Hutchin from High End Hockey Advising. I believe in a philosophy like we will do with the girls and like we've done with the Imperials and BHA. We hire the best. And that comes from my ad agency world. Like, we, we pay very well. Um, we provide people with a real job. It isn't just like a hockey job where you put, a, put a, a skates and a helmet on and you go out there. No, you are professional. You are expected to adhere to our core values and our culture. And I will pay you exceptionally well to do that. And we expect you to represent our program. So we try to be very, very professional and, and go out and get the best people possible. Because that's, to me, you need to have good people who families trust. Because I've told families, if you come to BHA or you come to the Boston Imperials, you're going to get an honest assessment of, of, of your child. And we need people to be brand ambassadors for that. Core values. Tell me more, because that's. I think it's central to what you're. I think it's central to what you're selling to pr- prospective players, and and it's a two way street. Uh, you're, you want a good hockey player, but you also want a good person that's going to embrace your values and buy in. So, for the people listening in, what are the the what are your the core values in your program? We have some very key core values, and and like I said, I've built another successful company, so I understand the importance of that and. The first core value that you need to have if you play for our program is you need to have a work ethic. You have to be somebody that is willing to go the extra mile. And that sounds very cliche, but we don't often... There's storied programs like the Eagles and the Wizards and the Whalers and the River Rats, and these are programs that we now compete with. And we're the new kids on the block, and I have found that the only way to compete with them is you have to get kids who will take a chance on you because you're a new program and get them to believe. So the hard workers we bring in might not necessarily be the first choice of, say, those programs, but they come in here, and by the time they're done with us, those clubs have wished they had them. So hard work is number one. The second one is we call relentless improvement. And what that means is during the course of your experience, whether you're on the split team or whether you're at the academy, you're going to have good days and bad days. And it's how you react on those bad days that um, determine how well you're going to succeed, right? Because kids that give up easy and say, I can't do that because I'm struggling or whatever, or they run the other way, those are kids that get left behind. And when you're dealing at elite hockey 
or even if you're just a JV kid trying to make varsity, there's plenty of other people that are that are trying to get that same slot, and that's going to happen in the real world when you're trying to apply for a job. So that's the second. The third one is being a good citizen. We believe that the world is changing very fast, and you're going to meet people of all races and types and sexual preference and and with gender fluidity and and just all the things that are happening in the world and we are helping players prepare for that right so we want kids to come into our program and come out better than when they came in as human beings we have a very diverse program we have african-american players we have native americans we have all manner of that, and we're very proud of that, and that's why the citizenry part on that third core value is so important because that, at the end of the day, combined with a work ethic, is going to create a well-rounded human being who happened to have a great hockey career, and that's what we're looking for. I'm going to take a moment for self-indulgence here, but you have a player that's in your program that I, I can't claim credit for him, and I don't even know him very well, but I'll tell you this. He, uh, Seth Bushy. Yes. Um, he came out to Omaha to be a part of our goaltender camp, and he took a chance. It was during the pandemic. I do remember that. It was 2020. And that kid worked so hard. And, you know, he does. He's not blessed with abundance of size or, you know, like when people look at, you know, look at the typical goaltender, Bill, you know, he's that right. smaller guy. But, man, did he compete. And I just remember the interactions with both Seth and his dad, you know, it was just very, they were appreciative for the opportunity, didn't ask for anything uh, just glad to come out, get better. And I watched him play this year. Like he played, it was a game he played against the East Coast Wizards, uh, where he stood on his head. It was in in Haverhill, um, but it was the it was the ability to track pucks. It was the ability to compete, and uh, it was it was a, it was an excellent game. But I think anyone that was watching could say that there was maybe a, a bit of a talent advantage on the other side, um, but negated through heart. Like you said, that team worked hard. They capitalized, you know, they turned, they, they forced turnovers and countered well, and, and they got really good goaltending. And so if Bushy is a, is an example of, of what you guys are cooking over there, then, you know, I, I, I get it. I understand that you guys are, you know, it is, you have to find the right, you might not always get the best players or the most talented but you got to get the right ones and i think that's gets back to what you're talking about well for us like i i I, to put a baseball analogy on it i would rather hit base hits instead of home runs because i think at the end of the day we're going to be here a long time we're new to the hockey community people are like what are the imperials what are the boston hockey academy we want to be in the conversation for one but i'm happy right now having great young men and future young women and be, you know, 10 to 30 in the country, and these kids go on to great careers at wherever they wherever they go, and then we'll take our chances at, at, at a national championship. But we're not going to turn our roster over um, to bring in a stud forward and cut a kid who, you know, is on our third line when he's a good, com- you know, contributor to our program. Like right now, we have a kid named Aiden Dwyer, Aiden's in our second year in our program. He's a third or fourth line grinder. And he's top of his class at Matinon, and he's going. He just passed his first uh, interview at Harvard. You're talking about a future CEO, congressman, you know, and that kind of stuff really kind of gives me the chills when I think about it because Aiden came from a very hard background, um, but he works every day. And that Aiden will play for us for as long as he wants. And I don't care how good a player will come in. I would not take 
Aiden Slot to give it to 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 a ringer when it means sacrificing good character. We are going to just continue to build very competitive programs that will that will have a chance to 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 get to nationals, but it's not going to be at the sacrifice of you know flash in the pan of one and done people. Huh? Just that's not how to do it. Gotcha. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M.com. You can learn to skate fast. was going to come up sooner or later in the podcast so we'll just go ahead and talk about it and that's academy versus prep school mm-hmm. and that is you know i grew up in this area and uh you know just it was all about it was all about the the best kids tried to get you know went the prep school route you know, the most talented players that that maybe were higher level than their public high schools could get to the prep schools and that opened the path to get them you know to the to the ivy leagues and to top you know, division one programs and which in turn, you know, open the door for pros. That was then that was, that was a while ago. Um, but now there's so many more options and opportunities. So parents are probably listening to this podcast are wondering, okay, well, what's the difference between Boston hockey Academy and prep? Like what, you know, if we want our, if, you know, education is important and academics is important, why would I consider, you know, going to an academy model? What's the upside when I, when you can just play prep? So, you know, what is your, what is your perspective on that, on that question that someone might have that doesn't understand the nuance between full season versus split season and, you know, Matt non versus, you know, and the, yep. and, the, and the accredited education that they'll get there and, and all of those things. What, what would you, you know, elevator pitch, what would you tell people, you know, just in terms of the difference, the option that they have at, at Boston Hockey Academy or the Imperials on the split season side versus 
going the prep school route. Well, this is the this is the greatest thing about this whole thing that we try to create with with the BHA, the Imperials, right? Because on the Imperials side, at our Tier One program, we have you know great players like Jaden Greer, you know my right. son playing at Saint Sebs. We've had a ton of other um, great guys that are playing prep right now, right? Yeah. And then on the academy, we've got some great kids too. So we've had you know in the in the three years that we've we've been in business, you know, we've had between our two programs almost, you know, 40 kids tendered, right? Which is a sign of success. But here's the truth and the thing that will make parents feel very good. There is a program and an offering for everybody, right? And here's how I look at the difference between prep and an academy, right? So I look at prep as being a elite academic experience with really, really good hockey where also those kids are going to probably play another sport. They're going to be very academically well in tune to what they want to do, and they're they're a little more broad, right? They're broad students, very academically in many ways, many academically advanced, but but they want to. They're broad, right? Hockey academy isn't is different in the sense that those players are coming because they really want to focus on their hockey game, right? They really want to get better in one sport. And, yeah, they play like a spring sport, but that's more just to, to be social or whatever. But they're really focused on development of hockey. And it's a slightly different experience. It's not better for worse, right? It's slightly cheaper than prep. Um, but it is, you know, costly because the cost to deliver, I mean, we have eight full-time coaches plus skills coaches and strength and conditioning and trainers, like the cost can get up there, but it doesn't mean it's worse than prep. It's just different. So I would tell parents, if you have a student who's really, really strong academically that likes to play hockey and is really good at it, but likes doing other things, prep could be an option. If you are somebody that goes, man, if my kid really focuses on the sport that he really loves and has a real chance, then the academy might be an option. And then it's a matter of discerning between all the different academy offerings. I mean, we were the first in Massachusetts. Now there's like four or five. And I guess imitation's the the greatest form of flattery on that. It's like, you know, and then you've got Mount, who we compete with, and, and BK and Rochester and Selects down at South Kent. You know, it's a matter of choosing your flavor, you know. And we're more like the BU type, you know, grittier, you know, more urban. And those other places might be more like, you know, the Ivy League towery places. But there is something for everybody. And that's the other thing I want to say, too, is let's not ignore MIAA hockey, Right. And that's a thing that I think gets lost in all this conversation, that there's a negative to MIA hockey. I'm sorry. There's, like, my son played MIA hockey, and he loved it. So, you know, Tier 2 players, there's something for them too. We have probably five kids that have gone through our Imperials program that are now in juniors programs, and they grinded. And, but they played public high school. They played Catholic, and they're doing fine, and they're going to be very good young men. And so... Like, I think if you have a child that's playing hockey, if you take the time to discern the path, there is something for everyone. And I think people get confused and they make bad decisions because they're getting bad advice and they they misjudge things on certain things. So there's something for everybody, and I hope that helped your question. No, absolutely, and that's what people need to hear now. Great information, right? And that is – it gets back to what we talked about before we – 
started recording, and that is there's no one path. There, you, you cannot take a cookie cutter and try to apply it to a player's development. Everyone's different. They bring different skill sets, both as hockey players. I, I think of the academy model as kind of hockey immersion. It is. Right? You know, it's, you're, you're really, you know, and, and, and this is my next question for you, is take people through a, a typical day for an academy a player. It is regimented, but it's designed to give the kids a chance to be human beings too. So they get up in the morning and they get up early, right? Because our bus comes at 7 a.m., uh, to the dorm and it will take them over to Matnon and they have about a half hour to, to have breakfast and socialize. And then they go through their day and, um, you know, they go through their classes and then I'd say around one thirty, two o'clock, they get ready to leave and then they go over to the rink and they do their training. Some teams come later because they train after, uh, but over in Somerville, we have two sheets. So one team goes on the ice for practice. The other team goes over to um, to the skills rink, which is right next door. Next year, we're building a brand-new weight room at Matinon, so two teams will stay behind and work out. And then we will send them back to Matinon after their practice where they will go to study hall, eat dinner in the dining hall, and then we'll send them back to the dorm around 7 o'clock at night for, for quiet time and then lights out. Um, so it's very, very busy. And then on weekends, of course, if we're going to a showcase, they have to get out of school early on Friday, and then they're typically gone until Sunday night. And, you know, Monday's their day off. So every Monday is their day off to recover, and then it's it's repeat. Um, so it's it's definitely a place where we try to give kids time management skills, and they have to be a bit disciplined with themselves to make sure they're staying on top of it. But it's proven in our – half of our kids are on the dean's list at Matinon. So they come in and they know what they need to do. And if they don't, we get them help. Well, and the, the reality is is time management's everything. It's, it's a big reason why I think a lot of kids that go off to school aren't successful early on maybe because of the, the you know you just don't necessarily get those time management skills and so when you're a student athlete you have so many things you have to balance and when you're playing time is potentially linked to your to your performance academically you figure it out quickly you're, you do and and social life too let's right. not even so the, so our dormitory is located right in medford square right i live in medford i've lived in medford forever my kid played medford youth hockey you know, we have tons of kids in our Imperials programs that are in the surrounding communities. I get people coming up, you know, that I've known for years. Hey, one of your kids is dating my daughter. I hope he's a nice guy. You know, things like that. Like, these kids have really ingrained themselves in the community, and they take time to do that. They are in clubs. We have a couple that are in plays. We have uh, class officers. We have, you know, they're enjoying the school life, and that requires more time management, but it's so important. To me, if you want to be a legitimate academy, you have to have a brick-and-mortar experience. I just feel that. Learning in a hockey rink is really tough. That's for junior and older kids. But when you're going to school at that 14- to 18-year-old, these are young men and women that need to be in an environment that can give them the whole – uh, human experience. Wow. Yeah. 
great points. And, you know, I, I just want to go back. I, I, I failed to follow up earlier, but I circle back on your, your point about MIAA. It's, it is good. There's, there's some really good players, some good teams. I've enjoyed my, you know, opportunities I've had this year to watch that hockey. And, yeah, for, for those players, there may, you know, again, you, you, certain players are in, at that level. They're playing for their high schools, and they get an opportunity to maybe take a post-grad year and go play prep. But why not roll that over to, you know, playing for – you know, Boston Hockey Academy or anything like that because the opportunities are there for them to – I think the key, one of the keys is your schedule, the number of games that you play versus, you know, the kids that are in a in a prep school environment, even though they get the split season. But certainly at the Massachusetts high school level, it's a challenge. So that full season schedule is a lot of hockey games against a lot of diverse competition. It really, yeah, and that that's a lot of work, and that adds to the time management. And, and going back to the MIA thing, like when we went to Matinon with the academy, they were co-oping their high school program. That's how far it had fallen. We had made a commitment within two years that we would put a high school team on the ice. So we took one of our split season coaches, DJ Pinkham, one of our our best coaches. We put him in place there as the head hockey coach. And he recruited a lot of our split season Imperial guys to go to Malden or uh, uh, Matinon to to play. And now they have a high school team that they can call their own. And that was something that we felt was really important. We are such fans of MIA hockey. Like we have kids from Malden Catholic, Arlington Catholic, Cambridge, Matinon, Arlington High. You know that whole surrounding area. Kids up in Woburn and Wakefield. And I just believe it's so important. Like one of the things that people get so wrapped up about, which really drives me crazy, is this idea of tier one and tier two, mm-hmm. right? It drives me crazy. Like people feel that if they're on tier a tier two team, that it's a lesser. There's some really, really good tier two teams out there that are made up of some darn good high school hockey players. And the funny thing is, at the end of the day, their chances of making the NHL are as great as anybody else. Like, I don't think people understand how hard it is to play professional hockey and and even college hockey. And I go back to there's a number of kids who have played high school hockey who've gone on to professional careers. They didn't play Tier 1 hockey. And then the Tier 1 hockey kids, you know, they have their chances as well, but it also comes down to how you are as a human and whether you're going to put the work in. Because, you know, we have this thing now where you go have to do junior hockey for two years, which is what, you know, there's no way you can avoid it unless you're really the best of the best. I want to ask you about a couple of your key guys, Nate Bostic, Scott Fitzgerald. Tell, tell us a little about those guys because I know I, I I don't know Nate all that well although I've I've certainly watched his teams and seen him and he's he's an ubiquitous presence, you know around the rinks. Um, but Fitzy is I've known for years uh, going back to, you know his days your early days with the Bruins after coming over from the Columbus Blue Jackets and you know just uh, you said it, he's very well connected and and uh, you know you you can't pass up an opportunity to engage with him. But just what have those guys done for the program? Yeah, well. Um, Nate has a work ethic like me, right? You know, 60-hour weeks, there's nothing he won't do, you know. And he is such a, a good human being that kids just love to be around him. And I love to be around Nate. And we talk five times a day. And and his the reason he's successful is because he has the work ethic, which is if you go back to our core values, it's all about that. You know, Fitzy is the, the master connector, right? And he'll tell you, like, he, if it, there's something that, that he wants to say, he goes, Dennis, I'm coming in the front door on this, you know. 
and he's a master connector, which is very important. And then um, we have a third partner named Dave Pasquale. Now, Dave is Dave lives in uh, North Carolina. He's the head coach at Wakefield or uh, Wake Forest University, right? He's on the board of trustees at Austin Prep. Extremely successful um, in his in his real estate business. Has great connections up here, and he serves as a great resource. And between the four of us, we all play off each other really well. And I have the expertise of just being able to run huge businesses and having the infrastructure. You know, so my hockey guys get to meet my people from Fuse Ideas, and and they're all in there together and. It's, it's just a collection of humans. So we have a really, really strong business in finance and, of course, being marketing what I do. But those people just personify the humanity piece of just being really good humans, which allows us to kind of make that core to who we are. And that's kind of what we want to be known as is really just you might not love our program or you might you know, be out there and say, oh, these guys, you know, they're new and they're this and that. But I want people to respect us and say, hey, these guys do it the right way and hats off to them. And we've slowly started to gain that respect. You know, we just got accepted into the E9, you know, last year with our split teams in the BHA. And, you know, getting into that league is really hard. But we had a great conversation with the Gil Martins, you know, and they were very, very happy to have us. And that comes with respect and doing things, you know. Um, you know, Russ from the Terriers, he, he owns the Terriers and he also owns uh, American Hockey Academy at Cats. We've opened our, ourselves up to him when he was starting the program to get that program off the ground. And he's been talking to Nate all the time about, hey, I've run into this problem. We've run into that problem. How can I do this? You know, we've helped him get into a league for next year for his academy. So we just like helping other people. You know, Peter Masters and the guys at the Bruins, we just... You know, we want to be part of the ecosystem, and that to me is is hopefully a legacy that we'll leave. Yeah, and that's that's great. It's a really really important points and, and and distinctions to make, and not only the the local connections, right? And Scott Fitzgerald, obviously, by virtue of of you, you said it earlier, his family is is Massachusetts hockey. One of the one of the he just, I mean. That that tree has a lot of branches. And yes. the roots run deep. Uh, but you know, and then Riley, you know, he's he's a good, he's a really good player. Like uh, you know, watching him in the summer league and then watching him in the fall, like just really that work ethic. You talk sneaky about. good too, right? right. Like he yeah. just finds the spots and he's always in right. the right place. He's kind of he's got his dad's sensibility about where to be and and yeah. taking advantage of opportunities. And he's a great human being. I mean, that kid. Oh my God, he has a smile on his face. Every time I see him, yeah. and I'm guessing maybe Pasquale, uh, Dave Pasquale had something to do with the the the, the uh, ace you've got down on your 15 team from North Carolina, maybe uh, Staley. Yeah, uh, not a bad little player there. Nope, S- we've seen him score a lot of points, a lot <laughs> of points this year. Absolutely, like Dave, you know Dave. For being the partner that's farthest away and kind of being the silent partner, he's like E.F. Hutton. When he talks, you just kind of stop and listen because he's really smart. And, like, you go, okay, you know, and I think we just really play off each other. And we do. We just try to open our Rolodex and just try to, you know, get in the right kids. And and we've done a really good job of finding the kind of kid that we know is going to really do well, you know. And, you know, it's come with trial and error, but we continue to get better every day. And that is, you know, kind of our fourth core value that I really didn't mention is like just every day you got to try to get better. 
100%. Well, well, as we wrap, it's been, it's been great having you in, uh, just to, just to circle back and one last opportunity to just talk about your, maybe your grander vision. Um, you've talked about adding teams and all of that. Uh, but, and, and I think it, you, you actually have really spoken for, for the program for itself. You sold the program on. It's really about values and, and, and less about wins and championships and more about creating successful people, not just players but people. Um, but is there a grander vision? Do you have uh, things you can share that maybe are, are going a little beyond what, what's here in the next couple of years and you have a, maybe a longer-term strategy to continue to grow your program and make it viable in, in the coming years? I think for us, what I really want to do – is focus on being great at what we're doing. We're going to add those girls' teams at the academy. We're going to continue to make our Imperials teams um, more competitive, you know, and just be great there. And then we'll find we're not really interested right now in the youth game because that is like shark-infested waters and it's very territorial and, you know, we tried to dip our toe in that water and it just wasn't something I wanted to do. So we're just going to focus on being great with the footprint we have and look for select opportunities um, to, do, to do more and continue to invest in the, in, in the community. You know, that's really what we would like to do. I mean, um, I think that at the end of the day goes back to our base hit strategy because if you get base hits, you still score runs. It just isn't in one fell swoop. Right. It's not the big poppy highlight film clearing the bases, but it it's, still works. Yeah, it's it's the the money ball approach, right? Mm-hmm. Like it allows us to move at a pace where, you know, we know that we can do it the right way. And I think that, you know, people like I said, I would hope that people that listen to this and other programs who we are very, you know, I just am blessed to be in part of the conversations with all these great programs mm-hmm. because They've been doing this for almost 20 years, and here we are, the new kids on the block. Um, And I'm just honored to be part of the conversation, and we want to help make Massachusetts hockey better. And uh, whatever we can do to help in that, we want to be part of the solution. Yeah, well, and and full disclosure, you know, uh, we've covered – uh, Boston Advantage, and we're you know they want to have them on the podcast at some point because again it's different programs, right? I mean, Boston Advantage has been doing it for so long, and I appreciate you mentioning that because it, it, some people don't understand they they don't understand the differences and and what makes Boston Hockey Academy, Boston Advantage, you know Mount St. Charles down in Rhode Island, Bishop Kearney selects BK select all these pro, and the best way to do is just go in there and do the research, you know, make content. Contact. Well, well, there's so many clubs that are doing really good things, right? Look at the Eagles. Every year they have teams that are at nationals, and they're good year in and year out. And, you know, we're rivals with them, but when John Joyce and I talk, we have a lot of respect for each other. And just when I think I can do something, he outdoes me, and there he goes. He hires Brian Leach, right? Right. So now I'm like, who am I going to hire? And I'm like, whatever. But even up the up the road, you got Chris Nagy and what he's doing with the wings. You know, he's got teams going to nationals at the tier two team is could beat a lot of tier one teams, you know, and and there's so many great things going on. Um, I really enjoy being part of it, and even if other programs are doing it, it just means we're part of the conversation and making it great. And you know, I'm just happy for all their success and our success. 
Our success comes by every day getting better, and at the end of the day, people are going to go, wow, I really like what they did over with BHA and the Imperials. That's great, and it's a great way to close it out. I mean, uh, mutual respect and doing things the right way. You can't have core values if you don't live them, and uh, it sounds like you guys are, are doing that. And uh, Dennis, I, I really appreciate you coming in, talking. We've, had some, we've got some common names and some common connections, so uh, I really enjoy watching your teams. I think I, you know, hearing you talk about it and bringing out the, you know, the, 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 the nitty-gritty the details uh the devil is in the details and i think your teams represent well so i really appreciate you you, you joining us on the new england hockey journals Rinkwise podcast thanks for having me and uh i hope uh you have a great rest of the year yeah absolutely so uh for dennis franzak this is kirk ludicky we will uh, see you next time at the rink thanks for listening to new england hockey journals Rinkwise podcast Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at NEHockeyJournal, on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal, and subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at HockeyJournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Podcast.